Welcome to episode 8 of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm one half of your team, Ty Ferguson. I'm the other half, Austin Smith. And we are coming to you fresh off of a UGA bye week. Uh, The team's recuperated. It's time to get ready for Kentucky. Still rebounding from the tough loss we took to Alabama. Um, But it's another game week. It's time for the next opponent. Move on. Refresh our minds. Get ready for a tough Kentucky team on Saturday. Going to be a noon kickoff. You know, Georgia always is historically putrid in noon games. I think we have a losing record at noon since Kirby Smart's taken over at Georgia with some awful showings. I know off the top of my head, Ole Miss in 2016, we know they beat us down. South Carolina South last South Carolina year. last year. Uh, we don't was, play well. Was Vandy a noon game? It was. And, and then, then also, who is uh, the Nichols, Nichols State. Yeah, Nichols State. So. Um, so definitely hope we have a better showing than what we've played in the past at noon. Kirby Smart kind of tried to brush it off in his press conference this week. But it's a legitimate question. We haven't played well at noon under Kirby. Uh, and hopefully we can this week. Well, I think you know what that kind of boils down to. It's not necessarily the time of the game, but it's the type of opponent that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Typically when you're playing those noon games, that means it's not some marquee game. So the guys probably just aren't getting as amped for those games and uh, it probably shows in their play. So I think it has more to do with that rather than the time of day that's taking place. Yeah, and it definitely worries me even more so because um, don't want to look ahead, but we all know who's coming next week. We have the big rivalry game in Jacksonville, so it could be a trap game. Um, some people could see it as such. Uh, maybe Georgia comes in off the loss, not as motivated, looking for too much towards Florida next week, and Kentucky's a good enough team. They can sneak up on us and give us a much closer game than what we want them to. Yeah, but surely surely with a bye, uh, I don't know, that would be less likely to happen, I would think. I would hope. But, uh, I mean, I guess strange things to that. I mean, I, I would have thought we would have had any chance of losing to South Carolina last year. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we did. So. We always have the one game under Kirby. We've always talked about it. Every year he's been there, we've had the one. Last year, South yeah, Carolina. A continuation of Rick. LSU the year before. Um, maybe the Alabama game was our one, and now we're going to use that to kickstart the rest of our season. Uh, Still have a lot left to play for. We control our own destiny for the SEC, the playoff, and everything else we want to play for. Everything's still on the table just because we lost to Bama. Um, So I'm excited to have more football to watch this week. I'm excited to get back on the field and get to watch Georgia hopefully redeem ourselves. Uh, and hopefully that's not too much of an indictment of what we're saying there with Kirby. You know, he always has the one game because, let's be honest, hardly anybody goes undefeated. It's, yeah. I mean, typically only Saban and, I mean, Clemson. I mean, mm-hmm. and Clemson, you know, they're an incredible team, but they also do have a cakewalk of, mm-hmm. a, of a schedule. Uh, so it's they're less likely to have a hiccup. But most teams end up having that one loss. But, yeah. you know, it's just <clears> – <throat> If you're going to get it, you would prefer for it to be in one of those early weeks. That's it's always a benefit to lose early rather than middle or late of the season uh, or the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a uh, a lot easier because the committee and the people who create all these polls. What's what you what's, what have you done for me lately? Is the mindset that they always look at it. Well, yeah, and then when you lose in that first week, there's always the, oh, that was the first week of the season. Mm. They didn't know who they were yet. They mm-hmm. hadn't had any, you know on-the-field experience, these are some new guys getting in there. Look how much they've improved. That's not – the team they were then is not the team they were now. But if you mm-hmm. lose in week seven, you can't say that. Yeah. So. I mean, the entire time Saban's been in Alabama, he's only had one undefeated national championship team. 
Clemson and LSU are the only two teams in the playoff era to win the national championship going undefeated. So, I mean, everyone oh everyone always has a loss. Yeah. It's more – I mean, you don't want to lose games like this. You want to have those quality losses. Uh, but when it comes to this game, I think we do mm-hmm. – so the, the spread is 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're favored. And, you know, honestly, I would say that we're probably going to cover that. Yeah. And I do think that we have a pretty good uh, – that we match up pretty well. They're – their offense has hit a major rut here lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think over the last three games, they're barely averaging three yards per carry on the ground. They're averaging less than 150 yards in the air. I think it's even in the 120s. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good recipe to be hit, like facing this Georgia defense. Yeah. When, when you look at Kentucky, for me, it remind they remind me a lot of the way they want to play. They remind me a lot of Georgia. Um, they, they're built from the inside out. They're – Mark Stoops wants them to be physical. He wants big O linemen, big D linemen, just play hard hitting, smash mouth football, which is what they've done. I mean, you look at them over the last few years; they they're committed to the run, just like Georgia's committed to the run. They've had good backs. They have Benny Snell, um, Steelers running back. I mean, so when you look at the matchup with Georgia, I, I mean, feel like he's more notable as the Kentucky back than the Steelers back. Yeah, oh, I mean. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I should have said plays for the no, Steelers. No, I know. I was just messing with um, So it's definitely it's a good matchup for Georgia when you look at our defense versus what they want to do. Um, best, We have the best defense in the country. We have the best defense in the SEC rushing-wise. It wasn't. It didn't show that against Alabama, but it, it I mean, kinda did. it kind of did. I mean, he. I mean, when Stetson's throwing three picks and just. It's tough to continue stopping an offense like that, but well, Najee had to work for. I mean, mm-hmm. he had to get. Th- he had to have thirty carries to yeah. get where he got. I mean, and, yeah. I mean, that's about as much as you're going to be able, be able to contain a guy like that. I mean, Tennessee yeah. actually did a fairly good job mm-hmm. of it this past week as and well. I mean, let's be honest. Kentucky doesn't have Najee Harris. They don't have Alex Leatherwood like Alabama's got on their front line. They don't got guys like that. Which is the big thing that stands out to me, obviously, when you look at Kentucky. They want to play like Georgia, but we're a little bit blessed with the recruiting repertoire that we can, I mean, that's not going to work against us. And that's why I'm with you. I think the 15 point spread, I do think we're going to cover that. To beat, I think you, I don't think anyone's going to beat us at our own game. I think, I don't think anyone's going to just come in. And just run it down our throats to beat us. They're going to have to be a dual threat, be able to throw it over the top. And I don't think Kentucky has that. Um, no, the teams I see beating us are the high-octane yeah. offenses. Because in today's college football landscape, no matter how great of a defense you mm-hmm. have, you're probably not going to slow those type of offenses down. But if we're facing a team that doesn't have a great offense, and you know they do have a good D, but in like their, their offense is honestly not even just average. It's lackluster. Yeah, that's oh no, I don't see that being the type of team to to beat our team, especially our defense. Yeah, I agree. Um, you're gonna have to have that high high octane, just guys that can win one on one matchups, and I don't think Kentucky has that. Um, their well, quarterback, them and, them and Ole Miss, like I think, have the same uh, record. Mm-hmm. I would be terrified to play Ole Miss, uh, yeah. just because they have that high octane offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, and who knows? Kentucky might be. The better team than Ole Miss. Well, I think they barely. I think they lost forty-two, forty-one. Yeah, they in the lost season, in but they're pretty similar. But I would be so much more scared to play Ole Miss than Kentucky just because of the way that their team is structured. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, and from all, from everything that it looks like, um, I know the court, the quarterback for Kentucky, Terry Wilson, uh, he's been their starter all year. But from reports, have been saying that he hasn't been practicing this week, or if he has, it's been severely limited. Um, so all signs point to them debuting a new starter on Saturday against Georgia, uh, Joey Gatewood, a transfer from Auburn. Um, it's a bigger recruiting. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, it's a more highly touted guy that, that, that Kentucky would normally be pulling. Um, he was the number one ranked athlete, according to 24-7 Sports, in the 2018 recruiting cycle. 49th overall player in the country. Um, played played quarterback at Auburn, but obviously he was beaten out by Bo Nix. Um, I don't know how well he can throw the ball. He may prove us wrong, but nobody's really seen him throw the ball because... When Auburn used him, he's he's six five two thirty. So when they were using him, they were bringing him in down on the goal line to run the quarterback power. To do their funky Auburn stuff. Yeah, a la Cam Newton, which yeah. it, he's going to add another dimension in of itself to what Kentucky wants to do. They want to pound you up front. They want to pound you and just run the ball down your throat. When you have that quarterback aspect of the run game, it's another just dimension that Georgia defensively will have to account for. Um so obviously that's going to be a challenge. It's going to be interesting to see how Kentucky uses their quarterbacks if they do end up going to Gatewood or sticking with Terry Wilson. I think they're higher. I think they have a higher ceiling with Gatewood. Then, but so I'm interested to see. How do you think Gatewood compares to Wilson when it comes to rushing the ball? Uh, Wilson gives you more of the speed threat. I mean, both of Kentucky's quarterbacks, whether it's Wilson or Gatewood's, both going to give you that dual threat capability. Um, I think Gatewood more fits their style of offense, though. I think he's the quarterback that he's going to rough it out between the tackles. He's going to stick his nose in there and get the extra yard, whereas Wilson's going to try to beat you to the edge and use his mobility. And Georgia's – our defense is lightning fast. They're not going to beat us to the edge. So, I mean, that's where I think Kentucky will try to use Gatewood more to just – Well, surely surely Gatewood has to be uh, a better passer because – I don't know. I feel like he pro- like Wilson's their second leading mm-hmm. rusher on the yeah. team. So he like they're not missing anything there. Mm-hmm. So it can't be because of his uh, like upside on rushing the ball. It has to be because he has a, a better passing dynamic. Because like I said, he's their second leading rusher. He's averaging over four yards carry. He has three touchdowns on the year. Mm-hmm. He's dynamic uh, when he's running the ball. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, yeah, just I mean just. Going back to their quarterbacks, we obviously I just stated that I think that Joey Gatewood provides the higher ceiling uh, to Kentucky and what they want to be as a team. It's kind of eerily similar to the conversations me and you have had about the Georgia quarterbacks this year. We we both agree that Stetson has played solidly. He's played really well for what we've expected of him. But we also have a quarterback who's sitting over there on the sidelines that we think can add that extra dimension to our offense can add can just push us over the top and provide us with the higher ceiling and JT Daniels and we talked about it last week and I'm still going to stick to what we said I think this is finally going to be the week that we get to see JT I think the bye week and it will allow him to get a little bit more extra reps it would have allowed the quarterback rotation to get another week um, you can't really have a quarterback competition during game weeks when you're preparing for opponents. 
But when you have that bye week, it allows Kirby, the coaching staff, and everybody else to kind of evaluate where we're at, evaluate where we've been this season and what we could be. So I think this is going to be the week where Kirby finally lets JT get a series or two. I think Stetson will continue to be the starter. He'll get the first run. I think we may get up 14 points before we see JT. But I do think this is finally going to be the time where we're going to get to unleash it and kind of get to see what we could be. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. It's going to be really interesting if he comes in and then just has a couple killer series. Mm-hmm. Like, in a, I mean, in a way you love that. And then it just kind of would stink at the same time to kind of have that controversy going into Florida, who's yeah. going to be our biggest game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I'm sure Kirby's going to have to – you know, measure that too because you don't want that type of distraction going into what's going to be your most important game. Yeah, I definitely agree. But you want the best. But you want the best guy. So I yeah. mean, I, he, I mean, only he really. I mean, well, not. I mean, only the people who were there on that field know mm-hmm. the dynamics of that and who's mm-hmm. better. And it's not like he's some new guy who, if he gets the job, that he's not going to know the playbook. He's been there for the last, you know, how howsoever many months. So. I don't know. It's just I guess there's so many things you got to weigh about a decision like that. Yeah, it, it definitely. It's 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 going to be tough. I, I mean, mean, and who knows what his mobility? I mean, it's. I mean, it sounds like that's kind of been the thing that's been weighing that, uh, like delaying that process. So, but maybe two weeks off, he's yeah. finally finally there. I am, I am with you. Uh, if we were to see JT this week and he just tore it up through for a couple, couple touchdowns and. We decided to roll with them next week in Florida. It's it's a tough task <coughs> to ask JT to make his first start in the SEC in neutral site and one of the biggest rivalry games in the country with so much riding on it. I mean, the winner of next week's game is going to win the East. Let's just face it. That's going to happen. Uh, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see the quarterback situation, to see how these next few weeks play out. Um, it'll provide us with a lot of talking points. Um, but with probably with a lot of uh, nerves, I guess is the good way to put it as well, because we we both know how big next week's going to be, and we'll touch on that even more on next week's episode. I'll say this though: if if we get a lead in this game and Dwan comes out before JT, I don't want to hear another word about JT because it'll be it's obvious. If that happens, then it's obvious that he, there's no chance that he ends up getting the job. So we might as well all yeah, just I, drop it. I agree and. I wish we would have seen him earlier because I hate talking about, well, what if we see him this week? Well, now we're getting into the part of the season where <laughs> it's a, it, we can't be switching in and out. We need to have a guy, and we need to make the decision quick, If which it's it may have already been made. I mean, Kirby hasn't pulled anybody. so I'll say this. I know this is supposed to be the uh, a biased podcast, and I know that uh, we're supposed to just be breaking down Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But in the end – I know this is going to be Debbie Downer. It probably doesn't matter all that much. I don't think we're going to win the national championship this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't think – I mean, unless JT does come in and he is on that caliber of yeah. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, which I think if he was on that caliber, he'd already be the guy. So, I don't know. I just – if we're probably not going to get it this year, I would say go ahead and stick stick him in because he's going to be the guy next year. Yeah. So, I mean, I go ahead and get him the reps because – yeah, I don't know. <laughs> watching yeah. Clemson. <laughs> yeah, watching Clemson and then watching Ohio State just look like a, a buzzsaw on offense last week and just 
<laughs> knowing that we could have that at quarterback just had we made the decision two years ago and gave Justin Fields a little bit more time I just it's just well he uh, no, I mean I guess we're getting really sidetracked but he, he kind of he probably could have had the job the next year if he would have competed in that uh you know that off season oh but, ab- I mean, absolutely so I mean with the way our offense looked that year yeah. when he came in the year prior he didn't look all that impressive and I mean you're not just going to hand the job away but anyways yeah we're getting a little bit sidetracked uh back to Kentucky though I'm just looking at their overall schedule so far this year they're two and three uh, they've lost to Auburn 29 to 13 they lost to Ole Miss 42 to 41 in overtime they beat Mississippi State 24 to 2 they beat Tennessee 34 to 7 and then last week they lost to Missouri. 20 to 10. Um, and it's really been this tell in where their offense has yeah. started to really struggle. Yeah, the la- like you said, the last three games specifically, uh, in both games against Mississippi State and Tennessee, they had a defensive touchdown. Um, that's counted for seven of their points against Mississippi State. Against Tennessee, I know Garantano threw them two Wasn't pick it two sixes. Pieces, six sixes, yeah. So 30, 17 of their, or 14 of their 34 were scored by their defense. So only 20 points coming for their offense against Tennessee. Um, their offense has struggled, and it's it's struggled against teams that may not that that hasn't had a defense like what they're going to see on Saturday. I mean, we're biased, but it's the truth. I mean, I don't I don't I think anyone I think would, would say, say we that. have the best. It's, I mean, one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, they still have, they have some dynamic guys. They're running back uh, Chris Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. super dynamic dude, averaging over five yards a carry, has four touchdowns on the season already. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when you don't have that threat of a of a vertical passing attack. And I mean, as Georgia fans, we can attest to it. Uh, yeah. But we have even more of a passing attack than they do. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it only you got to think with our type of defense, and then you get the chance to load the box with yeah. all that speed and. It just doesn't seem like it's going to end well. We're going to walk the safeties down. Richard LeCount, Lewis Seen is going to play low in the box. You're going to be able to see him on the TV screen. Uh, We're going to dare them throw. We're going to play man on the outsides and say, "Go get it." I mean, if they can do it, they'll keep. They'll it'll keep them in the game. But for me, that's the way I see our defense playing out. We're going to play really conservatively, uh, sending some man blitzes, just trying to fill some gaps, playing seven, eight men boxes, and playing man on the outside. I mean, we've got the guys. They're Tyson and Eric should be able to hold their own out there. I'm, I think we can lock him up all day. I, it, it, for me, I'd be really hard pressed if they scored ten. I mean, honestly, just well, I'll say this: if if we lose, the reason it would happen would be what you touched on just a minute ago. Mm-hmm. With you know, you're saying well, their offense only scored uh, twenty points in that uh, out of those thirty four against Tennessee, mm-hmm. and then they had this defensive touchdown last week. Their defense is very op- like opportunistic. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're ball hawks, and yeah. I mean, in our last game, we had three interceptions thrown. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a good recipe for uh, losing to uh, a worse team is mm-hmm. by committing turnovers, and that's one of the uh, one of their like biggest strengths. Yeah. So, if we're going to lose, I think that's what it's going to come down to is their defense scoring points mm-hmm. and taking the ball, creating short fields for their offense. So. Yeah, like like you just said, they're very opportunistic. When when you throw when you throw the ball to them, they're going to make the play. Um, they're going to make open. They're they're well coached on defense. They make open field tackles. They cover well. Their defense is really good. 
Um, they probably have a top I think they five. They have the second ranked defense in the SEC yeah. behind us. I mean, so. we keep touching on it. It's it's mirror images, except just the type of players they have. If and if they had our players and wearing blue, they'd be the same. I mean, it would be the exact same. All facets. I mean, the type of offense, the type of defense they want to run. It's the exact same, except just the different the talent levels. Yeah, it's almost depressing when you put it like that, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of just shows how vanilla our uh, our team can be. So, yeah, I mean, we just we need to take care of the ball on Saturday. Um, I think we need to go in there with the same mindset we had in 2018. Uh, 2018, they were coming in. We were. We were playing them for the SEC East. I mean, I think they had only lost like one SEC game all year. They were really highly ranked. I think they were ranked like number nine in the country when we were coming in there. Their fan base was really hype. 330 game on CBS, which for Kentucky, 330 game. I mean, that's almost unheard of. <laughs> so it, I think we need to get, when we came in there that day and DeAndre Swift ran it down the throat. I mean, he had the move where we've seen it a hundred times where he had the nasty dead leg jukes yeah. where he just yes. broke two guys off. 85-yard touchdown run. I think we need to see more of that. That needs to be the game plan this week. I mean, I would. I mean, we talk about see, wanting to see JT and Setson. I wouldn't be upset if we didn't throw a single pass the no. entire game. We need to go in there and just impose our will. I mean, we need to. this is the week we need to really kickstart our offense and say this is the type of team we want to be. The offensive line needs to just go in there and dominate, just like I, I think they can. It's just we need to go in there and show that we can do it. Yeah, I mean, and so we were talking about this before uh, off the podcast. So we might not see Kenny this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's banged up. So I mean, you got to yeah. think that they're going to try not to put him in. If so, hopefully the game gets if the game gets out of hand, you probably won't mm-hmm. see him. Uh, it'd be nice to see James Cook. Yeah. Start getting a little bit more involved. Yeah. You saw it in the Bama game. He's an absolute weapon. So even if it's in the slot, but yeah. hopefully this is the week where Zeus kind of finally yeah. gets the the ball rolling. I think it's going to be a big Zeus week. And I, <laughs> I mean, and then of course I know who you're about to say Kendall Milton. Is. Kendall Milton, baby, give me more Kendall Milton touches. <laughs> he just he makes guys miss. He runs. He bowls through people. He doesn't fall backwards. He. <laughs> Man, I keep saying it, and it's such big shoes to fill. But he reminds me so much of what Nick Chubb looked like as a freshman behind um, Todd and with Sony. I mean, he just shows those flashes. I mean, you have – I mean, you remember go back to Nick's freshman year when he had that run against Clemson where his helmet flew, fell yeah. off. He had his touchdown where he lost his shoe. I mean, Kendall has had flashes like that. He had the run against Tennessee where he just had seven guys all over him and squirted through for five more yards. He had – a a 25-yard run against Alabama last week where he just shot it straight up the middle of their defense. He's he's making stuff happen, and he's earning himself a bigger opportunity. And I think now that we're not going to – we may not have Kenny. I mean, they know they say they're hopeful that he can play. But let's face it, we don't want him – I mean, <laughs> it'd be better if he doesn't play. I mean, we want him to be 100% healthy because we just want him to be able to play next week. Yeah, the following week is the – yeah. We need to get – in and out of this game with as little injuries as possible. Just go like like I said, just go in there, take care of business, just get an early lead, maybe coast to the finish. I know we always say that's all we ever do is just take our foot off the gas and coast. This week I'd be okay with that. I mean but yeah. that's the way I see the game going. I think we're gonna go in there and do just that. 
impose our will early, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, play solid defense. Just the formula that Kirby Smart wants to play at Georgia, I think we're going to see it to a T on Saturday. They're going to be motivated coming off Kentucky, coming off a of bye week. I'm excited to see us play. And that's just the way I see us going. We, I know we already covered it. I think a 15-point spread, I'd be confident in saying we'd cover 18. I think we're going to win by a pretty comfortable margin on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's hope so. I mean, you know, it's kind of a shame that they don't have more of a vertical passing attack because, I mean, the battle I'm most interested in seeing is their O-line versus RD line. I think mm-hmm. they have a pretty good offensive line, yeah. but – I mean, like like we said before, we're probably going to be loading the box with nine guys, so it's not exactly a fair matchup on that front. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we, we said the recipe for them to beat us, I mean, we, we touched on it, is going to be turnovers, which they've shown a propensity to get. Uh, and then they've had a couple of bad weeks in a row running the ball, but they started the year off hot, and they have, they have good talent there, and they have a good O-line, so they could end up maybe causing us some troubles. Uh, yeah. Troubles there. I mean, they're going to make their plays. They're a good football team. I mean, they're well coached. They're going to. They know where they need to be. They're always in position. But oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. We just, we just got to make more plays than they do. So, uh, what's your prediction for the game? I know you said that you think we'll win, but you'd be comfortable with an eighteen point spread. What's yeah? What's uh, what you thinking? I mean, what I'm looking at, like I said, I'd I'd be hard pressed if I would be feel. Surprised if they scored more than ten. I think they'll probably get to around that ten to thirteen range. Um, I would probably take Georgia this week, thirty-five to thirteen, thirty-five to somewhere in that range. Just, okay, mine's mine's pretty similar. I was thinking thirty-one to ten. So, yeah. okay. so I mean, we're both pretty confident. I, it, I think that's the way. It's I wouldn't be go. surprised. I would say thirty-one to ten. Wouldn't be surprised if thirty-one to fourteen. Like and you said, I, somewhere in there. And I think it's going to be a comfortable halftime lead. I think it's going to be probably somewhere like 24 to 7 at half, and we're just, we'll coast it out. Well, uh, so that kind of gets our uh, preview out of, the, uh, out of the way. Let's see. So we have our picks for this week. We have had a couple of doozies the last couple of weeks. So uh, I think this past week I went one and three and you went two and two so you had you fared a little bit better than me but it kind of just shows how bad your previous week was because <laughs> you're still behind me uh you're nine Ooh. and 14 on the year and i'm 10 and 13 at least we're being men picking against the spread yeah. so uh so this uh this week we've got six games on the docket so we've got georgia at kentucky georgia's favored by 15 we've both already touched on that we both think they're going to cover uh next we got lsu at auburn and lsu is favored by three uh, what's your thoughts on that one? Uh, I would say I would take LSU to cover in that one. Auburn's offense has been putrid all year. I mean, and LSU's offense has been is still scoring points. I mean, their defense can't stop anybody, but I take LSU's offense over Auburn's. Yeah, I would agree. I would say, oh no, the fact that Auburn's won their last couple of games has kind of taken, and it's been controversial. So everybody's talking about the the controversial wins. Mm-hmm. Instead of talking about kind of how much of like a dumpster fire they are, yeah, like right now. So uh, <laughs> I would say LSU wins, and I would be pretty confident uh, against that spread. And I hate to go off topic here again, but you have to think if this was a normal year and not a COVID year, Gus Malzahn's seat would be burning right now because I know he. I think he has like an eighteen million dollar buyout, but he could I, go one and eleven. And if that one win was against Bama, that dude would keep his job. So, with, but with the Auburn Boosters, I mean, 
an $18 million buyout might not be the worst thing. And the worse they keep looking, they keep squeaking by. Shoot, buy me out for $18 million. So, <laughs> uh, but so next we got Ole Miss at Vandy. And uh, Ole Miss is favored by 16. I'm going to say that they cover that. Uh, just they put points on the board. They do that every week. And uh, I just have a feeling that they're going to be able to do outdo Vandy in that regard and be able to beat them by three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I think this is like the first time Vandy's played in like three weeks. Um, I, I, I have no idea. Uh, 16 and a half is a pretty good margin, I think. So I'm going to say they don't cover. Uh, I think Vanderbilt will keep it a little bit closer than that, probably closer in that 14 range. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, so next we got State at Bama. Uh, Bama is favored by 30 and a half points, uh, which is crazy. But just going off Mississippi State's last couple of games, and we've touched on it. it we said Mike Leach is typically a roller coaster kind of coach, but he's been on a – they haven't hit a high point in quite some time. Uh, I want to say that Bama covers that. I know that's a crazy spread, but just – Bama's kind of on a, uh, a roll after beating us in Clobbering, Tennessee last week, and yeah. State could not be doing worse. So. Yeah, has any team took just a dramatic U-turn since State? I mean, they beat LSU in week one, and now it's just off a cliff. I mean, they've had t- the two of their backup quarterbacks have transferred. Three more guys today announced they were transferring. <sighs> they haven't been putting up points. Put up two against Kentucky a few weeks ago, and – they got boat raced last week against A and M. They've uh, they've not been playing well, but even though, like you said, thirty and a half is a lot of points. I don't think Alabama's going to cover that. I think they're going to get up big, and I think they're going to win big. But I think they're going to coast. Uh, they don't they don't need any more injuries. They lost Jalen Waddle for the season last year or last week. I don't think that Saban wants to risk it and. Put anybody just, else in let danger. Let me just say this. So, their last three games, so they played against Arkansas. Uh-huh. They lost, scored 14 points. Yeah. Played against Kentucky, lost, scored two points. Played against A&M, lost, scored 14 points. Now, I know that Bama doesn't have the best defense in the world. But <laughs> I, if, if they only score 14 points – I have to think that Alabama is scoring it in the at least in the forties in this uh, game. I would say I would it would blow my mind if they didn't get into the mid forties. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Like I know that's a huge spread, but combined with the fact of how good Alabama's offense is, and then you get look. I mean, Kentucky, who we said has a great defense, held mm-hmm. them to two, and then Arkansas has a good defense, but A and M doesn't have that that great of a defense. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, I would say Bama's is probably better than theirs, and they held them to fourteen. Oh no! I could I can easily see Alabama scoring forty five points, you know, being forty five to fourteen. But anyways, I mean, I want you to miss your pick so I can, so I get a better record than you. So next we got Arkansas A and M. A and M is favored by twelve. Uh, I, don't know, I just really like this Arkansas team. Maybe it's a little bit of bias coming in from Sam Pittman. I like their defense. I like what they've been doing. I don't know in A and M. I know they only have the one loss, and so. People are starting to really ride that train, but I wouldn't say A and M wins, but that it's a it's a one score game. Okay. 
I think A&M's really started to move it a lot better on offense. I think they're playing explosively. They're scoring points. They're playing good defense. I think they're going to cover, um, but it's going to be a, a close. It's probably going to be a backdoor cover late. Probably score a late touchdown to seal the game on like two minutes left or something to go up 14. I could see it being like that, but I do think they'll cover that 12. Okay. And so our last our last game of the week is going to be uh, Missouri at uh, Florida. Florida's had the last couple of weeks off because of COVID. So that could either be a good thing or a bad thing. Probably going to be a little bit of rust, but guys are also going to be pretty fresh. So uh, Florida's favored by 13. Do you think uh, their layoff's going to have any effect on them covering that? Maybe early, uh, but I could also see them, like you said, being fresh and just coming out and lighting Missouri on fire. Um, I'm going to think, say, Florida covers. Um, kind of like us, they know what next week holds. It's a big yeah, one for yeah, them next take week. take care of business this week. Come in, take care of business, and I think that's what Florida's going to do. Uh, I think they'll cover the 13. Yeah, I mean, I see that offense going off this week. So, mm-hmm. All right, well, I think that's all of our games for this week. So yes, sir. That hopefully will... we both go positive. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully so. Maybe we can string off a uh, series of good weeks coming forward against the spread. But I think that is going to do it for episode eight. Um, again, I know we've continued saying this. We thank everyone who's been listening to this. Um, make sure you listen on Spotify. Share it. Get the word out. Let everyone know between the mics. Best Georgia podcast out there. Um, we look. Thank you, guys. Um, go dogs! And we look forward to a big game next Saturday in Jacksonville for the cocktail party. As always, yeah. go dogs! Yeah. Go dogs! <laughs>